0: I hope I can steal a little summoning from you, Dave. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. swinging a long drive. Deep left
1: field. Going, going. The time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty... Welcome to Stats on Deck, MLB winner meetings edition the winter meeting started this week and guys are making a heck of a lot of money and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you better believe oh my god the money coming out is kind of staggering we'll get into all of that we'll get into steven strasburg garrett cole why anthony rondon's gonna be in on the la angels by the end of the week um francisco bunch, lindor on the line. lindor the block. chris betts. bryant mookie betts which i don't believe Carlos Correa, David Price, uh, well, every good player seems to be on the trade block apparently. Then um, we'll get into Josh Donaldson, why he's not worth a four-year contract. Madison Bumgarner, playoff hero, looking for a new deal, uh, possibly with the Dodgers. We'll get into that. And then, uh, yeah, I know it's a little shocking to hear, but <laughs> I don't know if any of the two teams fans would like that. But um, we'll get into all of that. But the uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is, is the pitchers. Uh, I'm Nick Report. I'm joined by Jake Adams. Jake, earlier this week, we saw Steven Strasburg, World Series MVP, return to the Nationals. Woo! At the time, the highest contract ever for a pitcher. It lasted two days. It lasted two days. But at the time, seven years, $245 million, I believe it was. $35 million a year over seven years. That's a, that's a lot of money. That's what you projected Garrett Cole was going to get. Yeah, I was woefully wrong on Garrett Cole. Well, you were rational. What isn't (laughs) rational is what came after. See, I guess what happened was I had the starting point right. Garrett Cole was like, I'm better than Steven Strasburg, so my contract starts the negotiations where his ends. But the thing is, Garrett Cole, as we saw in the World Series, you're not better than Steven Strasburg. Garrett
0: Cole needs to send Steven Strasburg a lovely fruit basket for signing first. I
1: would say a lovely thank you note as well. With
0: like 7 Teslas yeah. is <laughs> what is what he should
1: get. Steven Strasburg <laughs> should never pay for a meal again. Never,
0: and it should all go to Garrett Cole. <laughs> no, um first off, just want to say having Steven Strasburg find a way to go back to the Nationals is is what should have happened and what I I know yeah. you and I are glad that it happened, but right. it just like it just makes sense. Like Hearing all of the, you know, Steven Strasburg is guaranteed to go back home to San Diego. Right. Anytime, LA, LA Angels, LA Dodgers, New York Yankees. Anytime I see a, an, an argument with zero grounds and right. the only thing they can say is because they're from there, right. the, they're hometown. Gonna, they're gonna, the hometown thing is going to matter in right. somebody's signing. one time <laughs> when LeBron <laughs> did it. <laughs> exactly. Everybody thinks that it's the LeBron effect when, in the reality, it's weird if somebody goes back Most home. Most people
1: don't care. Like Kevin Durant, as we know from D.C., he did not care to come back He did to not DC. want to
0: come home because when you come home, you have to deal with everybody that right. you know. And I mean f- – LeBron was out of there as quick as he could. He won one championship yeah. and was like, I got to go. He had
1: to do the championship. He literally moved a, like across the country. As far away as possible. He won the championship and he was like, these people are ne- are going to throw me to the dogs. But he knew he needed it for the legacy. The thing is, nobody else needs it for the legacy. LeBron was a very special case. Um, the, the Steven Strasburg to San Diego thing, I understand their players. Like they right. They paid for Machado. Their payroll is still extraordinarily low mm-hmm. and they want to feel the playoff team especially with you know the dodgers maybe on a downswing the rockies sucking last year the giants still in the middle of nowhere like and that it, division could be open for them if they do the right moves I, I can't believe we're saying this, but
0: Arizona might be a frontrunner
1: to right. win the division I, next year. I don't necessarily hate the idea of the Diamondbacks winning the West.
0: No, it's it's not out of the question, and they're doing it without Paul
1: Goldschmidt. Right, and Patrick and Corbin. And Patrick Corbin. And Zach Granke. Wow. Um. Yeah, credit to the Diamondbacks, Mike Rizzo's favorite team. <laughs> uh, World Series champion Mike Rizzo loves the Diamondbacks. But... And the greatest third base coach in all of baseball. Right, Matt Williams. Um crickets. Can I say maybe rest in peace? <laughs> oh. Even though he's alive? Oh. Even though he's alive? Um, so congrats to Strasburg. I'm really happy we kept him. Uh he's my mom's favorite player or favorite pitcher, I should say. Howie Kendrick's her favorite player, but that we kept sense. him too. She likes MVPs. Nat's kept him too. Yeah, the the best players. Um Strasburg, this is a really cool thing. Um, you know, drafted in two thousand nine, made his debut. Took a while for him to really reach the potential that he had, which was ginormous, and he finally did it. And you know, didn't he punctuated it with a World Series MVP? I don't think you can really do better than that. No. Ask Garrett Cole which one he'd rather have: Cy Young or World Series MVP. <laughs> um, I think Garrett Cole would rather have the money, though. <laughs> yeah, think, being honest. Well, we know that's <laughs> the case. Um, um, but, yes, so Strasburg going to probably most likely spend his whole career in D.C. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. As it should be. Um, not sure, you know, probably way, way, way too early to talk about if he has a Hall of Fame chance. He'd have to really, you know, this year that he's in, he'd have to do it for years now, which is possible. But Absolutely. Certainly going to be the, the greatest pitcher in Nat's history, I think, all told. I know Max Scherzer will have had him for, you know, seven plus years. but I think Strasburg gets that um f- finally gets that credit that he deserves, you know, the the number one guy that backs it up on the field. So, uh congrats to Strasburg. Um then 2 days later in the wee hours of the night last night, we got confirmation that Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees for 9 years and 326 million, I believe it is. It might be 324, I'm sure he cares, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um so the Yankees giving out a nine-year contract to a pitcher. Immediate thoughts. Um,
0: this is my reaction. Yes. Just uh, I don't, I don't know. Like right. because you, you actually tweeted out something interesting right after the right after the my deal late got night done. Stats. Right, and <laughs> you had would, you would tweeted out something along the lines of he would basically have to be a four-and-a-half-win right. pitcher. Throughout the entirety of his nine years, for that average, that would have to be his average for For him to be thirty-seven. For him to be of, to him to live up to the contract, right? It is a, it is an unbelievable amount of money. The one thing I do want to point out, and we've talked about this, is I don't know if people are aware that starting pitchers, although they have incredible value, they they only pitch every five days. That is true, and they don't hit. They don't. Well, Garrett Cole won't hit. Especially Garrett Cole, um, and it's it's an obs- it's like I don't know how to justify three hundred twenty four million dollars for any for look, well this for is really a, this anybody. is a
1: huge leap because the previous high contract and um, ESPN stats and info I think they were the ones who had a great graphic about this the previous high for a pitcher and overall money was David Price. Two hundred seventeen million, which we're which trying was, to get rid of right which now, which they're trying to get rid of, <laughs> which might tell you an idea of how these. <laughs> right. Uh, the only one that seems to have worked out the big contract is Max Scherzer, who through five years of his deal has been worth it. But again, that's only a seven-year deal. How would Nationals fans feel if instead of sixty million over the next two years, it was hundred twenty over the next four through Max's age thirty-nine season? You know that just it doesn't feel great to if you're a fan thinking, for God's sake, this guy has to be this good for nine seasons at already turning 30 next year. With And I don't want to do the thing where, you know, like, he's 29, he's 28, he's 30. Everybody's 30. Everybody that plays professional sports is 30. They're always either on the – they're either 29 or 31 – depending on how you want to frame the narrative. But the fact of the matter is he's under contract for a long time. He's under contract for a long time as a number one for,
0: for a marquee franchise pitching in a children's ballpark. That's true. Now,
1: let's now – let's, I want to wanna I Also, wanna actually... a, a division that's sent uh, for at least the last, I believe, three seasons. Um, actually, I think it's four, the last four seasons. The division sends two playoff teams every year. So assuming that the Yankees would be one of them, which I'm not ready to make that assumption. I know that may sound a little controversial, but um, the Red Sox and the Rays are always right there, and he's going to have to face two playoff-caliber teams 19 times a year each. The the thing I want to like being objective with the type the thing that works for
0: Garrett Cole pitching in that Children's Ballpark is that he's he's a he's one of the highest strikeout pitchers right. that you can have in baseball which will do him service. I do want to point out though that there is a large difference. Yes. There is a very large difference between pitching in Pittsburgh and Houston than there is pitching in New York. This is a legitimate thing. Pitching in Houston, right, right? They, they have playoff success. They've gone to two back-to-back World Series or AL Championships World Series with him. Right. This is what I want to bring up. You go to New York, there is an expectation from the onset, regardless of the team that yes. you have, regardless of who you play, that you are going to win the World Series Correct. every single year. And it is expected of that. To, uh, to think that playing in Houston in that environment with that amount of pressure with that type of media is the same storm – is is I asinine. Know, it, it's, it's not, not even, even.
1: It's not even the the same idea. So, if
0: I, I had to if I had to guess, him being the number one for, for the New York Yankees for the next nine years, right. I have to think he'll probably get used to that around year four.
1: Well, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's an easy adjustment to make, um, especially you know going with the David Price comparison. David Price went to Boston, another tough place to play. And especially when you make big money, you have to prove that you're worth it. And it took David Price a long time to become comfortable there.
0: It took him—well, I can make the argument he's still not comfortable, and, but he ended right. up winning four years into the right. contract. He made his
1: peace with it and was able to succeed and help them win a championship. But uh, that's another thing. And, um, you know, now's a great time to mention the Yankees have not won a World Series in a decade. <laughs> um, they wouldn't tell you that the way they act every year, thinking that they're overwhelming favorites. But uh, Yankee fans, I got to remind you, you haven't even made a World Series since '09. Jeter retired going on six years ago. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't made the World Series since then. Now, we ran the numbers, actually. All New York sports teams are 1 in 80 in the decade. Right, 1 out of 80 tries. And it was the Giants in 2011. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, New York, not, not necessarily title town. Like, they may act. Um, but that's, that's the thing. The Yankee fans, the Yankee front office, Brian Cashman, who uh, proved that he was the Cashman by throwing the cash at Garrett Cole. All right. Um, they have a an expectation for multiple championships. So I don't know what the the number is that they need during this nine years, but you have to think they're expecting at least three. I think three is the number. the The low point. They're, three is the minimum. And guess what? Garrett Cole's never won a World Series. He was on easily the best team in baseball last year, and they didn't win the World Series. Yes, they came close. They didn't win it. The previous year, he was on greater than a 100-win team, did not win a World Series. So in his elite seasons, he's 0-for-2 on stacked teams. The Yankee rotation is significantly worse than the Astros won. Uh, as we saw in the playoffs, the lineups are relatively comparable. Obviously, the Yankees have a good bullpen, but um, I'm, I'm just saying, Yankee fans, slow your roll before you call yourself champions because... Uh, We see it every year. The off-season champions are not the actual champions. Um, So now we're going to – Jake had to run for a second. We're going to bring in uh, one of our close friends of the podcast. Uh, This is Bleacher. He lives in Dorchester, and uh, he's going to not let his bias affect anything. This is a guy who's even-keeled, level-headed. Bleacher, how the heck are you? I uh, I've been better,
0: honestly. Really? Yeah. Um, three hundred twenty-four to three hundred twenty-six million dollars is a fucking ridiculous I could amount pay for a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. Let me tell you something real quick. I looked on this fan graphs thing. This guy's a pretty
1: good pitcher, honestly. Uh, you know what? I was looking at that as well. He is pretty good. He has won dick all when it comes <laughs> to championships. never won a championship? So let me let me ask the question.
0: This guy, yeah. Loses a game seven in which he doesn't pitch. Right. Here's my first question. Yeah. Why does he act like a toddler afterwards?
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's an interesting thing you bring up, Bleacher, because immediately following his World Series loss, uh, which, again, he didn't pitch in, that might have been the manager's fault, although it took him about three hours to get warmed up anyway, so I don't know if there was some interference on his part. I'm not trying (laughs) to stir the pot here, but... uh, Bleacher, what kind of hat did he come out with after losing the World Series with his teammates? He came out of the locker room wearing, um, I believe, a Scott Boris Corporation hat. So this
0: freaking widow,
1: right? <laughs> he he loses the championship in a game yeah. he
0: doesn't pitch in, and he comes into the locker room. And I, I've done some deep digging. I have reliable sources, right? He looks at... He, uh, a guy from the Astros management, P.I., whatever, yeah. comes up to him and he says, Hey, Garrett, you know, you got to talk to these people. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a part of the Houston Astros right. losing organization. Yeah, you
1: got you to gotta answer for why you lost.
0: And he goes, he goes, no, nah, I'm not an Astro anymore. <laughs> Buddy, you're on the team. <laughs> Buddy, you just lost. <laughs> well, hold on. Here, I did some more deep digging. Apparently, you're not a free agent until the season's over the next day at 9 a.m. Right. Are you ready for this? This fucking weirdo <laughs> take, digs out a Scott Boris hat, which right. I don't even know where you even get one of those. I,
1: he must have had that special made from like uh, Fanatics or one of those companies.
0: He puts the thing on and turns around like a three-year-old yeah. and says, I'll be answering questions independently. As a, Garrett as Cole. As Garrett Cole, a part of the Scor- Scott Boris Corporation. Right. Let me Let me tell you something. Is this the biggest Ben Affleck douchebag you've ever seen <laughs> in your life?
1: I don't even think Ben Affleck's this bad, and I know that may be controversial, but it's—I think it's true. He turns
0: around and he starts answering questions in one-word sentences, like he's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Except he didn't win anything. He didn't win because anything he's a freaking loser.
1: <laughs> the thing about Garrett Cole, too, and uh, th- these are these are very interesting points you're bringing up because um, whenever you're signing guy to a record-breaking deal, you always want to be sure uh, he's—you know—he's got the right stuff. Um, as a team leader, um, as a guy who's, you know, going to keep his cool under pressure, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, Garrett Cole, I just don't know if, if he's the guy I'd want to, statistically the last two seasons. Yes. He's been, if not the best pitcher in baseball, certainly in the breath of the best, but is it like, wouldn't you rather have a guy like Jacob DeGrom?
0: Everything you're saying makes sense and it's almost as important as seeing Jake as seeing Garrett Cole's picture with the Yankees after he got uh, trimmed yeah. up.
1: If you haven't seen that, please check it out. Uh, he
0: looks like a serial killer <laughs> really from bad. Oklahoma. He looks really bad. Nobody fits better into the pinstripes than Garrett yeah. Cole. He looks like the type of guy, right, that will that will take a hundred dollars from yeah. you and then fight you. Right. Fight you for weeks that he never had it, yeah. while he's sitting on three hundred and twenty-six million dollars. Well, That's the type the thing. of guy you know, you're dealing the thing?
1: with. How much money he wants? Apparently, the three hundred and twenty-six isn't enough for him because he actually just got cast in season three of Mine Oh, because he's a serial he's killer. A serial killer. <laughs> he
0: looks. He looks, he looks like a serial. Killer. I would not leave him with my niece. No. Shine. <laughs> no. I would not leave. I would not leave him. With my mother no. for five seconds. What about your sister? I would leave him with Darlene. Yeah, yes, you, I would. yes, I you no would. I have no respect for her. I, would, <laughs> I will tell you this right now. Garrett Cole is exactly the type of guy Darlene would be dating. Exactly.
1: He looks, so, he looks like an alcoholic. He, well, I can't speak on that. Um, I'm not saying that he is or that he isn't. But, Bleach, ostensibly you're a a Red Sox fan. You could say that. Yes, I am. So the Chris Sale contract looks a lot better after this one comes out, doesn't it? He could be injured for the next seven
0: years, never pitch a game again, and that would be a better contract than whatever the hell Garrett Cole just signed.
1: I think he makes less than 45% of what Garrett Cole makes. And when he's healthy, he is actually better than him. One last thing before I go. I do
0: want to say this. This is important to me. Mookie Betts was an MVP. True. Mookie Betts had 10.8 wins above replacement in 2018. Also correct. Mookie Betts performed like a two-year-old in the World Series. Also correct. Mookie Betts will not sign a contract right now and is waiting for free agency.
1: As far as we know.
0: His time suited here in Boston is done. I have burned his jersey. (laughs) I am a Zandipo, God's Believer, and I will tell you one more thing. I hope he has fun winning 53 games in Detroit next year.
1: Well, thank you very much for coming, Bleacher. We're going to get Jake back in here. Thanks again to our friend Bleacher, friend of the pod, Stats on Deck. We're going to get right back into it, talking some more free agency, trade ideas, MLB winter meetings. We're going to get Jake back in here, but real quick, I want to tell you a little bit more about today's presenting sponsor which is Anchor. So stick around. Now we got to move to the next guy, the next man up. Still available. Uh I don't want to spend too much time on this cuz honestly, it it makes me sad, but uh Anthony Rendon, best position player available by far, I would say cuz you know, we're looking the next best guy is Josh Donaldson. So uh I got some thoughts about that uh that character, but Anthony Rendon uh you know It's been a saga with Rendon. He turned down the Nationals' offer, seven years, $210 million with that stupid deferred money, which makes us all angry. Um, then uh, the Rangers and the Dodgers are the two biggest suitors. Then the Phillies threw their name in, which is just a negotiation thing happen. by Scott Boris yeah. because the Phillies are like his stepchild. Right. Then Rendon uh, is open to taking deferred money. Then he's not. Uh, but the the most recent development is that the Angels, who wanted Garrett Cole really badly, we were told, apparently Rendon is their number one free agent target. Um, what are your thoughts on Rendon and Mike Trout on the same team? If I'm speaking objectively yeah. from like taking
0: fandom out of it, it excites me to have both of them on the same sure. team together. I, I'll be 100% honest with you with it. Without a pitching staff, I have no idea right. what it really can do for them for winning, you know, more than 78 to 81 games.
1: Right. But that's the thing I think is a problem with the Angels is they wanted Garrett Cole. And, you know, as much money as he costs, as the number one starter on your team, that's a really good foundational building block. Um, but their strategy now seems to be to target Rendon and try to get a combination of Rendon and then one of Bumgarner or Ryu. Who are also free agents. Now, as as good as those pitchers have been, and they've had some really high points in their careers, they're not number one pitchers. And that, I think that's the crux of the issue with the Angels, is they try to build the team around Trout the wrong way.
0: No, they've they've been doing that for years, and part of it started with paying over the Hill Albert pillows, right the entire bank.
1: Not to what, mention Justin Upton. <laughs>
0: right. I don't even want to talk about that. But... In into the Anthony Rendon saga, one thing that I saw was very interesting today was it was reported that Steven Strasburg is going to be doing in-person meetings with Rendon and the Nationals to try to broker a deal between both of them, which I think is great, and I I actually think that that adds value because of their relationship, and I also think that – with Strasbourg structuring his deal as such of having deferred right. money down the line, it could it, it, it was done with the purpose of hopefully being able to sign Rendon. I think that that matters. I think and it
1: I- matters too, because um, you know when you go on Spot track, great website, uh, it would have you believe that the nationals um, well it, and it is true their their technical payroll uh, is always very high, but the actual fact of the matter is with all the deferred money that they're spending they still, even after signing Strasburg, they're still below the $130 million range. So they're well below the range of getting into the luxury tax. Now, they'll probably have to pay it considering they have other holes to fill. But uh, the idea that uh, Ken Rosenthal, who blocked me on Twitter, he keeps uh, reporting that there's no way Rendon's going to come back to the Nationals. And Ken, as trustworthy as you've been at times, I think uh, (laughs) there's like an ulterior motive here with you, buddy, because... First in junior saying they should have traded Rendon. And, and, uh, and Max. And Max, which I told you on Twitter that they shouldn't do, and then you blocked me. In a respectful me. way, by I, the way. I, told, I, well, I did say fuck off, but... Um, oh, oh, maybe it wasn't as respectful I as mean, that. You, know you know who also says that is Logan Roy, and he's a respectable businessman. Well, he is In a, in respect- a fictional TV show. Do you see what we're getting, Ken? That- we're, we're talking in circles, and that's what you're doing by being cowardly. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> Well, the the moral of the story here is Rendon may come back to the Nationals, and uh, the Rangers want him really bad, and the Angels want him really bad, and I'm sure there are other teams. I mean, they'd be stupid not to try to get the number three MVP of uh, voter uh, voted person of the National League this year.
0: I I've mentioned this to you at nauseum. Yeah, but the the idea that Anthony Rendon right is would be willing to sign with a team like Texas right. on the grounds of what we talked about just the before hometown the thing. hometown thing and being comfortable with winning 70 games every right. year for the next 8 years with Joey Gallo right. is not realistic. It, it, the yeah. uh, the other thing the other thing that I go to too is that he's coming off a World Series with the Nationals on a team that can, certain, that can certainly win the division and make another playoff run for the right. next couple years. right? right? Which is Stack, their
1: window too with Scherzer.
0: Stacking up against the Angels and playing with Mike Trout with no right. pitching staff. I think the only two people that are in the race right now for stuff that he will actually consider would be the Angels and the Nationals. And I think they, I honestly, I honestly believe that the Nationals have the upper hand because they built up the rapport with him. He just won a World Series. Steven right. Strasburg is trying to get him to come back. I think that that I think that's more likely than anything. The right. only the only issue that comes into it is how much how how much actual money, not deferred money, right. are the learners going to give him?
1: Right, and that's the thing. If they cause... can get close
0: to the Rangers and and the and the Angels, it's going to be the Nationals. Yeah,
1: I think you're absolutely correct because the thing is, some guys are absolutely willing to take the deferred money, and uh, we don't want to turn this into a business school podcast about net present value and all that nonsense but the Big fact words. of the matter is you'd rather make like garrett cole you'd rather make money today so you can invest so it so you can and invest use it, it and for make other more things that's right. a, like that's the that's the uh, the only thing i learned in business school besides how to use microsoft excel which i also actually learned on my own you're right have got an off tangent here but the moral of the story which i'm gonna say over and over again today because there's a lot of stories and a lot of morals is that the nationals can keep rendo and they just have to open up the checkbook right um the third base market i think this is a good time to talk about it yeah. it is robust right it's now. it's crazy because we have josh donaldson chris Bryant. available chris bryant's on the block and uh, Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. Rockies
0: are starting to hear talks about it.
1: Just today. Who they signed to an extension last year. Come to Boston. Well, that's the thing I want to talk about. Uh, not just Boston, although I think that's a perfect fit. Move um, Rafi over to first and put Nolan Arenado at third. Arenado, who has proven, I believe that was his fifth season, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Fifth or sixth. Every season he's been in the league, he's he's proven to be a consistently valuable player defensively gold glove candidate every year and I believe he won the first four or five uh, he might have he might not have not won one yet i don't I don't remember off the top of my head you do your own research on the podcast, whoever three people are listening to this but um Aaron and then he's proven with his bat too that he's consistent and yes he's locked in for a lot of money I think it's eight years two hundred forty something million dollars but there is something to be said about having a guy like that locked up at that value because when we get to the next collective bargaining agreement yes. and as we see tv deals change and things like that we've seen a trend over the past decade or so that in the biggest sports leagues the salaries are only going up yep. so would you rather have uh excuse me aeronado locked in at 30 million a year for the next 7 years or would you rather have pay Chris Bryant two years from now $45 million a year. Now that's an over-exaggeration, but it's true. It's nice to have somebody like Arenado locked in where you know no matter what, he's going to be worth the value of that contract. I think no matter what team is willing to, to trade
0: the farm for, right, and w- willing, to give, willing to give up other players for, I think that there's no question that, he, as much as I went like to Phillies, if Chris Bryant's to go to the Phillies, Chris Bryant also possibly to go to the Nationals if the Rendon doesn't work out. The The Braves Braves are are a possibility. I think you're improving your team and I think it's worth it.
1: Chris Bryant has two years left. Well, that's the thing. He's he's filed a Mm -hmm. grievance with Major League Baseball because he believes the Cubs manipulated his service time by bringing him up the first day they could bring him up while still not counting that as the year. And we see two teams do this every year. Uh, the Nationals did it with Bryce Harper, notably. They brought him up in May instead of at the start of the season. Um, you know, you uh, that's the only one off the top of my head. But we see it every year. Uh, guys get brought up a little bit after the time where it doesn't count as their first full year of service. And the thing, the only thing that was kind of shady about the Chris Bryant one was, um, I, I forget the first name of the guy, but the third baseman, Olt, that the Cubs had. He mysteriously got injured the day before that deadline, and so he was put on injured reserve, and then Chris Bryant happened to be called up the first possible day where he could get called up and not accrue a year of service. So he's going to lose that grievance most likely because even though it's it's kind of scummy— it's shady what the Cubs did but technically they followed the rules. So yeah, he'll have 2020 and 2021
0: under arbitration most likely. That that's worth it for a, that's worth it for a team and the possibility to re-sign him. 100%. The the I don't know how likely Nolan Arenado is to move right now. I I've been saying this for a while that even yeah. with the extension on even with the extension sign that That he is going to get moved at some point right um the other the other one that I wanted to talk about, the big one that I was a little bit surprised to hear was Francisco Lindor hitting the trade block right this yeah. was this was wild
1: Lindor's a an interesting one because although he was um on the injured uh list or whatever we're calling it now for parts of twenty nineteen in twenty eighteen he was arguably the third best player in the American league in a year where any other year he would have won the MVP. It just so happened that Mike Trout and Mookie Betts had legendary seasons. Right. Um, and he had proven that every year in his career up until this year that he is legitimately in the conversation for the best shortstop in baseball. Oh, there, no, there's no question. I, any team any,
0: any team that could put together a, a package for Francisco Lindor immediately wins that trade.
1: Right. Yeah, that's another thing I was talking to you about the other day. If you're trading and you get the best guy – available in the trade, you win the trade, mm-hmm. period. So trade for for Francisco Lindor, it doesn't really matter what you have to give up. If you're getting back Francisco Lindor, your team's going to be really good.
0: Right now, off the top of your head, yeah, is Mookie Betts going to be traded this offseason?
1: I still don't believe he will be traded. Um, I think the Red Sox have a pathway to get a lot of salary off their books. Uh, David Price and Jackie Bradley, as we mentioned. I think getting under the luxury tax is a big thing for them this year, at which point it will reset. And I think it makes more sense to go into the season with Mookie Betts, try to get him to sign an extension. And if he really is insistent on going to free agency, then you flip him at the deadline to some some team that's going to think he's the missing piece.
0: Right. I No, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I don't have to talk about your feelings on free agency in the right. last two years <laughs> that you've gone through. Right. But I got to tell you, I have gone from from having a Mookie Betts World Series jersey sitting in my closet. Right. And coveting him and and talking to, about him to anybody that will listen to me right. for four years to literally wanting him to go somewhere just so I don't have to think about right. it Right.
1: It's so annoying with the free agency where you get a situation where – Mookie Betts is a potentially Hall of Fame level player and you know this and you just want to sign him long term and forget about it but then all the noise starts happening where the story of him and his free agency becomes bigger than what he's actually providing to the team.
0: Right, and it just takes it's taken me as a, a beloved Mookie Betts fan and just seen him as kind of like this like it's almost ostracized him to the point where I would rather start talking about and thinking about him being somewhere else and what I could get from than right. him playing on my team next year, which I would never even have given thought to two years ago. Right, yeah. I would the, never even talked about
1: it. It has been disappointing as as far as um, being a fan of baseball to the point where I like Mookie Betts, and for years I've liked him, and actually even going back to 2015 – I was praying that the Nationals would find a way to trade for the prospect (laughs) Mookie Betts. Um, Now, And the the interesting thing is the package was going to be built around Steven Strasburg. And uh, since then, both have won a World Series. So (laughs) maybe it's good that they stayed where they were. But uh, yeah, I've I've been a longtime Mookie Betts supporter. I hate seeing uh, the trend that we're seeing in sports now where guys care about the contract value so much. There are other avenues to make money. There are other ways to, like, build your brand and stuff like that. If your goal is only to make money from your playing career, I think you're playing it the wrong way. It's short-sighted. And I think a lot of these guys are doing that. Um, the, other, the other
0: one I want to talk about, not just all Red Sox, but the one, the one big one that I want to talk about is David Price hitting right. free, free agency. Um, you mean the trade block. Oh, I'm sorry. Trade block, excuse me. You would love to free. I would. Then. The $96 million would just right. immediately evaporate. Um, do you see a potential situation for the Angels? And yes. would, this, would this make you excited if Anthony Rendon and David Price right. both found a way to go to the Angels? Well,
1: objectively, if the Nationals are going to lose Rendon, I think uh, the Angels would be on my short list of teams that wouldn't be the worst knife in my heart. But, um, so, entertaining that idea, Rendon signs with the Angels, and they trade for David Price. I think that is an excellent thing for the Angels to be trying to do. Uh, David Price would slot in immediately as their number one. He has his injury concerns, but when he's healthy, he's consistently one of the better lefties in the game. Yep. Rendon and Trout is about as good a duo as you can get this side of, you know, Bogart's... um, uh, Devers, Rendon, Soto. <laughs> I mean, Acuna, Freeman Jr.
0: Notice how we're not saying Bregman, Correa.
1: Well, I'm let's, not. Let's segue into Correa. Oh, I'd love to talk about this, this. Is an interesting thing. Now we're not going to touch a whole lot on the Astros trash can banging we're, scandal. We're gonna we're gonna let the
0: we're gonna let the commissioner's office, yeah. office deal with that. We're
1: gonna wait for the hammer to fall. And then we'll talk about, and about it. <laughs> and then we uh, are gonna talk. about it. Then we're gonna it. talk a lot about it, but. Uh, the Astros, as you have said, oh. really since I've known you, the- because the Astros immediately gained prominence right around that time. And you were on this before, I think, anybody, that uh, the day of reckoning was coming, was coming. where everybody would needed money and there's not enough money in Houston to pay them all. We we forget in
0: recent years that he, that the Houston Astros were like on the Kansas City level of like payroll right in that middling like you know middle of division mid market team that can't afford multiple players and that's why they the only way to build their team into contender which to give them credit they did oh, they did a great but, job by that. drafting really well and and building up it with their farm system right the 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 point that I've been that I have been making for five plus years now is. When you get this abundance of players, yeah. eventually the hammer is going to fall yeah. and you are going to have to pay these guys. And the Houston Astros
1: do not have the payroll no. to afford these guys. Especially when you're you're talking about Greinke and Verlander under contract making roughly $34 million a year each at their age. Yes, it's not long-term deals, but it, it's something you have to think about when you're tying up $70 million into two guys that – are 40% of your rotation and then Bregman needs to get paid and Springer needs to get paid and Correa needs to get paid and in a couple years Giordano Alvarez is going to need to get paid and they can't afford all of these guys it, it,
0: It's just not going to happen for them They don't have the Yankees, Red Sox, Nationals, Dodgers payroll right. it just isn't.
1: We're even seeing it with the Cubs who are a legitimately big market that should be able to pay for everybody They followed a similar path as the Astros did with a yep. staggering a bunch of Young players coming up, and they're already seeing it right now. Considering trading Chris Bryant, so yeah, the Piper comes to collect eventually. And the Astros—it's been a rough couple months for them in regards <laughs> to losing the Game Seven because their manager is an idiot, and Howie Kendrick is a baseball god. Um, losing Garrett Cole to free agency, the scandal with the trash can banging coming out, which is still hilarious. It's, it's, it's I like. There's so many things that are hilarious about that, but. Uh, the Astros. Uh, better times for them when they won the ALCS this year. That was probably the the high water mark for them for a while. So, having I, I, and you
0: see it on Twitter and in other places, when the Correa news came out that they're gonna try to move him because they know they're gonna have to pay Springer next right. year, and they know that although they did the extension with Bregman, that that's gonna be coming. Right. That's gonna be coming. Bregman's soon after. gonna
1: want a lot of money.
0: Yep, you, you signed Altuve last year to the right. to that big extension as well. The, this was going to be happening. I cannot tell you how excited, especially with the scandal that's come out and how unlikable the Astros are as a team. Yes. I cannot tell you how excited I am to live in a world where 37-year-old Jose Altuve can't yes. field his position or hit anymore. You're having George Springer rely as the, the, the marquee watermark of your offense with right. Alex Bregman. It is... It is going to be a joy. And and to watch Justin Verlander and Zach Ringy at 39 pitch together.
1: Right. Yeah, the the Astros strategy has worked brilliantly for the last three years. A World Series, another appearance, and then another ALCS loss. Uh, any team would take that kind of success. Which, a which, we, don't, year run. which we don't know how legitimate it is now right. because... <laughs> oh, I think a curveball's coming. Curveball coming! coming. Um... <laughs> We don't know how legitimate it is, but any team would take that kind of stretch over three years. But uh, they kind of sold tomorrow for today, so to speak, and tomorrow's coming now. Finally, it, it's not a it was not a plan for longevity, and that's why I'm kind of interested in why they uh they went after Granke. Mm-hmm. Um, Granky getting thirty four million dollars a year, certainly a solid pitcher, pitched well in the World Series, um. I don't know if he's the guy I'd want to be my long-term number
0: one. I think the reason that they did this was because they knew this was they knew because of how they had stacked their deck. Right. This day was coming, and they went all in last year to win two in three years. Right. That, and that's why you do right. it. Right. And, and it, it doesn't when it doesn't work out, it explodes.
1: Right. The, they'll be happy to have the one, but that's the unfortunate truth for the Astros. Um, certainly should be in the mix next year as one of the best American League teams, but uh don't expect you know 3 years from now to see the same level of dominance um a couple other guys I want to talk about um you know, while well, we did get the breaking news that the Mets signed Michael Walker. This is a big deal. This, this might... We'll save this for its own podcast. You all because... forget that Michael Walker
0: was the best pitcher in the National League in 2013. Correct. And got his ass handed to him <laughs> in the playoffs to the Red Sox. Everybody's quick to forget that. I don't forget because he gave me a World Series. They, I'm a, I'm a got, Michael
1: Walker supporter. The Red Sox kind of ruined his career. <laughs> I'm a big Michael Walker guy. I, I uh... I'm also a big Michael Walker guy because he almost threw a no-hitter against the Nationals, and Ryan Zimmerman was able to, to fight it off with an infield single. So good job with you, Michael Walker. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, <laughs> well, he's um, the bride
0: now. He's going to be the bride to the boy, groom of Jacob deGrom.
1: Honestly, though, I, like two seconds on the Mets, I absolutely love their rotation. Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, um, Marcus Stroman, Michael Walker now replacing Zach Wheeler. What's wrong with that? They're probably Michael Walker is probably a better pitcher at that deal than what Zach Zach Wheeler got. I really love the Mets rotation. I like some of the guys in their bullpen. I like a lot of the guys in their lineup, and they're still not going to win more than eighty five games. So that's all we need to know about them. (laughs) Jacob Degrom, please go to a team where you can contend for a championship. Nick, who is the starting? Who is going to be the starting shortstop for the Mets next year? Um. I believe it's going to be my favorite former Oakland athletic, Jed Lowry. Who's there, Who's going to be their second baseman next year? I know Jeff McNeil <laughs> is in there somewhere. <laughs> he, he plays a position. You know Brandon Nimmo is probably going <laughs> to play at some point. Oh, oh, please, Brandon Nimmo, go to the Oakland A's. No, to go to the Red that. Sox. <laughs> Anywhere but there. Uh, the, Met, the funny thing is, and, uh, you know, again, two seconds on this, the National League East— uh, somewhat of a dogfight last year where four teams finished 81 wins or higher. Uh, the Phillies crowned themselves off champions <laughs> and finished 500. They haven't had a winning season in, near in nearly a decade. Um, the Braves won the division two years in a row and then got embarrassed on national television. Two in years the NLDS in a row. Two years in a row. Um, I would expect the Braves to be right at the top again. I'd expect the Nationals to be right at the top again. I think the Phillies did improve and they still have some improvements they can make. They signed Didi Gregorius, who's a solid player, and he'll love playing in another children's ballpark with a short right field. Um, but yeah, I, I just look at the Braves and the and the Phillies, and I think we've seen what wins you long term in the playoffs is starting pitching. And I, I look at the National League East and I think the Nationals have the best rotation by far. And then I think the Mets have the second best. And and I think the Phillies and the Braves are kind of sidestepping that issue, getting uh, the Phillies got Wheeler and the Mets got Cole Hamels. I think that's a, a lateral move for them where you might want to have gone out and gone after Strasburg or Cole a lot harder or trade for David Price or try to get Corey Kluber or something like that. I just want to say for all the people that are posting
0: out their Phillies lineups and just salivating over the whole thing right. after you watch your team with pretty much the same lineup go right. 81-81, and 81, I want to point out that building a lineup with eight guys in, in your lineup that either hit home runs— or go base to base on the base paths is not how you win in modern day baseball. You can win that. You could have right. won that way in two thousand two. Right. Right. You don't get to win baseball games on a consistent level and make a playoff run when one through seven are all right. power hitting. You know, boomer bust. Boomer kind of bust guys. It doesn't this work for thing. longevity. We
1: talk about this a lot, and I think it's a good point. Um, there are right ways to build your team, and there are wrong ways, and. Consistently, we see the teams that build their team the right way, focus on starting pitching, focus on good overall hitters, all-around hitters. Those are the teams that win the championship. And while it might be more interesting to see a team with Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto, uh Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius, Reese Hoskins, that might look really, really awesome on paper, but it also might end up winning you less than 82 games.
0: Well, that's the thing. And you... you <laughs> when you have to say out loud Andrew McCutcheon going down with season ending surgery right. is the reason your offense no longer works for the better part of 4 months in right. the, in a baseball season that's how you know you have built your, your lineup incorrectly your team was
1: not built well <laughs>
0: that that's the that's the major indicator like when everybody's saying 35 year old Andrew McCutcheon isn't playing today right. so
1: we we're, our lineup screwed that's not good i the phillies uh they they have the cleveland Black- brown syndrome where they talk and talk and talk about how great they are and then they don't prove it. I'm sick of hearing about the Phillies. Go win the division and then I'll give you credit. How you, many years have they been have it been since they went to the playoffs next? They season? made it in 2011, they lost in the NLDS or or might have been yeah, 2011, they lost in the NLDS. Yeah. So that's that.
0: But but they're but they're on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine as the next marquee, right. you know, championship contending. They have for all intents and purposes, it's going to be the Phillies and the Yankees next year, right? Why like, do we even as watch? Far as,
1: yeah, that's like you know, it was supposed to be Astros Dodgers at the trade deadline this year. I don't know why we kept watching, honestly. We oh. should have just accepted it. Well, because baseball is the greatest sport on the right, planet. Because <laughs> baseball, when you make the playoffs, you can win. You can
0: win. <laughs> Anybody. Theo Epstein, greatest quote of all time is, it doesn't matter if you win 110 games or you win 87. As long as you punch a chick- ticket, you got a shot. Theo Epstein. Breaker of curses. <laughs> Breaker of curses. Visionary. <laughs> Mastermind. <laughs> I wish, you, it... I wish you was still at the Red Sox. <laughs> Please come home. Please come home. Um, I'm Bloom. You could be the assistant president of baseball operations. You don't need the top job.
1: You'll still get paid. You're going to get paid. You're going to make decisions. You don't just... want to work for the, this guy over here, Theo Epstein. Um, Theo, come home. But, yeah, this has been an awesome offseason so far. Oh, it's uh, so as much As a baseball better. fan. Um, We are seeing guys move quickly, which is what we're, is supposed which to is happen. Supposed to... Yeah. Um, and we're gonna see a lot in the coming weeks. Uh, we've mentioned a bunch of the guys, uh, Donaldson, Arenado, Bryant, Rendon, Lindor, Kluber, uh, Bumgarner, Ryu, JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr., David Price, possibly Mookie Betts, although I still doubt it. Uh, a lot of really really good players that are potentially going to be on new teams. It almost feels like the NBA a little bit. It does, and that scares me. I, I don't like that. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> Uh um, Bef- before yeah. we
0: go, I do want to bring up the possibility cuz it's being ignored. The possible trade of shedding Jackie Bradley Jr. in a possible trade with the center fielder for the Angels whose name I can't remember, something about fishing. Right. I I I've seen some traction. I'm not going to re- I'm not going to relay my sources. I will tell you my sources come straight from Dorchester. Right. Is that from your buddy Bleacher? I'm not going to name names. Okay. Know that it's a possibility, and when Jackie Bradley Jr. from Mike Trout gets announced, I don't want people looking at me sideways because I called this.
1: Listen, you might be the first one on that train, but when you're right, you can point back to this podcast. I have this on record. Yeah. I want this to be stated. I've checked my sources. This is a possibility. It is certainly a possibility. Um, So we're going to... Take a look here in the coming weeks about all this crazy stuff that's happening in baseball. Uh, Really good for the sport to be dominating the headlines like this. Uh, Like him or hate him, Garrett Cole getting, uh, you know, legitimate traction for an MLB story in the offseason when it's week 15 of the NFL season. We're right around the corner of the Christmas NBA games. NHL is, you know, in full swing. College football playoffs are coming for the MLB to be in the news that's re- that's actually a really good thing for the sport. So it is it's um, it's it's a 12 month sport right. and
0: not a 6
1: to 7 month sport take 3 months off right. and then
0: another you
1: know 8 yeah. months. Thanks for that one Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. We dedicate this podcast to everybody but you. <laughs> exactly. uh, Literally everyone. <laughs> Even Garrett Cole. Brian Cashman who looks like a serial killer. <laughs> looks like the freaking Unabomber. Um, I actually I do want to say one more thing about the Yankees. Um you know, before we go here, because we got to wrap it up. Um, I have a little graphic here, and I'm going to pull it up. Or maybe I didn't save it. Uh, please bear with me while I open up my Twitter account. Um, so the highest paid contracts in baseball history. Mike Trout, $426 million over uh, 12 years. That one's probably going to work out because he's Mike Trout. Bryce Harper, three hundred thirty million over was it thirteen years? Thirteen years. Um, you know to be determined. Ooh, you know. May Machado. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Machado, three hundred over ten years. I still think Machado's a good player, like statistically. I don't, Empty numbers. <laughs> I don't like anything about him as a person. And then uh, the lovely New York Yankees, who have uh, not won a championship in a, over a decade now, I think right. it's fair to say, uh, shelling out. A combined three hundred and forty-nine or excuse me six hundred and forty-nine million dollars to Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole Yankees. We dedicate this podcast to you for proving once again that you can overpay for every person in baseball and still not win a championship. <laughs> That's the right way to end it. Feels good to to end it like that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for listening to Stats on Deck. We're back. We're gonna get more to you as this uh, free agency and trade market heats up. Uh, you can find us at Stats On Deck Pod on Twitter, statsondeck.com. Soon to be moving and becoming a better website. I know I say that every time, but I mean it this time. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Nick Laporte, with a zero instead of an O. Find Jake at From State Farm with fours instead of A's. And uh, our dearly departed friend Ned Yos. Boom. Yo's ball.